we've been talking about um, better. Amen. I like to turn on that song, break the chain, but break the cycle. I like that. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 14 says this. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the, gr- of the grace of God. Watch this. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be defiled. Verse 16. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. I want to talk about this morning how to strengthen your relationship with God. Better, not bitter. Tell your neighbor, better, not bitter. We've been talking about our relationship with God. And really the title of the series is Deeper. How to go deeper. Um, We've talked about trusting God. We've talked about I tell you the, the 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 one part of this series that really stuck with me is when when he says that I ought to give to God. My giving to God shows me, and I've been taking this very personal, that I truly do love him because he has access not only to my amens, come on somebody, but he got access to my ATM. Do I have anybody? And he got the pin code. And so that tells me in my relationship with God, it's not just, I'm not just, it's not a one-sided relationship. And so the one thing I want to share with you today is this. The devil has a way of turning the table. Amen. He has a way of distorting truth. Amen. When you take a spoon and you put it in a glass of water, what you have is a distortion. Are you with me? It's the same way with your relationship with God. And What happens in a relationship sometimes, sometimes you can't see the glass or the water. Lord have mercy. There are times in your relationship with God, amen, that you develop a different attitude towards God. Because for some reason, you may feel like, I don't deserve what's happening to me. Have you ever been through something where you say to yourself, God, 
Why are you doing this to me? Come on, somebody. Have you been in a situation lately where you were questioning, amen, your relationship with God? Now, sometimes we may not just go there, but there's, a, there's this little voice behind us that keeps saying to us, if God is so good, oh, Lord then why is this happening to me? Where is he? Why can I, how come, and all these other questions. But I want to say this to you, saints. If you really examine what you're going through, you'll realize that you are responsible. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You may not want to take responsibility, but you are responsible. And as long as we live, we'll find out that Uh, We are not above discipline. Amen. That God, uh, I told you last week, we saw in this passage the condition of a person who denies discipline. Are you hearing me? A person who gets an attitude because of what they're going through, in other words. In other words, what I'm saying to you is that God is not going to put more on you than you can handle. And I tell you that the condition of the person who denies discipline, they become weak. Remember that? They become feeble. They become paralyzed. They become dissatisfied. They become discouraged. They become dislocated. They become disenfranchised from the Lord and his people and they feel that they can live life better without him. Well, we have to trace out the source of why we're upset. We have to trace out how did our lives really get to this point. And so how did we develop bitterness? I want to be better. All right, but I but I understand that I cannot just expect everything with my in my relationship with God to just be all happy go lucky all the time. I realize that God is a father and he treats us just as children. Are you with me? And so a bitter person may not see their condition. But there are some clear signs that may be evident to others but they don't want to hear it. You ever had somebody tell you that you should be doing something, but you don't see that you should be doing that something? Come on, somebody. Where where you may think that you're right, not all the time, but most of the time. Amen. That anything that's brought to your attention, you feel like, no, that ain't me. (laughs) Y'all see y'all faces. (laughs) So, So the Hebrew writer... What he does is he continues in this passage with his observation. All right? I want to show you. It's, it's, this, this is heavy. And, and what he did is he, he continued with his observation, and what he does is he gave them the antidote to uproot the bitterness, to get rid of it. Now, there's one thing to get the prescription and just leave it on the counter. You just took one. And you're like, well, I'm better. 
No, you got to finish the course. You got to, you got to continue or else you're going to be bitter again. And so, and so the author sensed the tendency, watch this, of the readers, we, of the weakness in the reader. That's who the writer was talking to. Watch this, that even though they received truth, he encouraged them to renew their faith in God or else they'll find themselves back in the same predicament. In other words, they're going to repeat the cycle. Anybody here repeating the cycle? And, and I'm saying like, like you say you good, but you're in the same cycle that you were in a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. And it's a constant repeat. Now, I want you to remember something as we get into the lesson. Remember the context. All right? Look at the context. Look at the context. Look at verse 7. It is for discipline that you what? Right. God deals with you. Don't leave that. God deals with you as what? Sons and daughters. For what son is there whom what? His father does not discipline. Now, you know, we have different contemporary child-rearing stage that we're into here today. But you and I know somebody here. How many of you got a whooping? All right, good. Amen. Some of you got beatings. Amen. That wasn't no whooping. That was child abuse. That's what you call that. And then threaten to call the number and see what happens. My goodness, wish you would. Amen. You wouldn't be able to spell 100, 800, 222, whatever. <laughs> Amen. Mama whoop you and then tell you to call. Yeah, yeah. Call them now, you know. And, and, and I believe in our relationship with God is the same thing. You know, but, but what I believe about God is that you know what I t- remember I told you throughout the series, right? So after your mom and daddy can't do, say nothing to you, he'll use the judge, he'll use the jailer, the bail's bondsman, he'll use, you know, he'll use all those means to get you right. You know what I'm saying? I thank God that he doesn't just leave me on my own because if I was on my own, if I was doing this thing, how many of you, how many of you was doing it on your own? Come on, let me see. You were doing it on your own, but boy, didn't he have a way of bringing you right back? Come on and thank him for that. Thank you for bringing me back. So that's where he's going. But what, what I realize now in this passage, right, when you go back to verse 14 now, he moves from, boy, watch this. He moves from your personal struggle to community life. Okay, in other words, you spreading your bitterness because you're mad at what God allowed in your life. I, I, I wonder, I wonder if God was to stop doing what he's doing for me, would I really follow him? Would I really like come to church happy? 
I'm saying like when things are just so bad, right? Listen, and, and I got to believe that when things are bad, God is still good. Right? But, but some things I deserve. Amen. But, but I don't say it like that. I don't see it like that because guess what? You know, you don't think about yourself like that, right? But watch this though. But, but he said, look what he says. He goes on now and, and he says, he says, he says to the, to the disciplined person, remember the context, right? Remember their condition last week, they're weak and all this other stuff. And now he moves to community life. And look what he says. He says, now, now after you've been <laughs> disciplined and you got stronger again, he says, pursue peace with what? With all men. I believe this. If you're going to get better, first thing you got to do is this. You got to settle all lingering disputes with people. Some of you got some stuff, man. And look, you mad at them, but you really, you're taking it out on God. Long, I'm talking about long forgotten issues. Watch this. That still keeps you up at night. People that if you mention their name, boy, it gives you knots in your stomach. And if you're not at peace with people, then there's a separation that's going on. The longer we let the issue linger, the process of bitterness begins to take course. Watch this. You let the issue linger. You say you're good, but in your heart you're not. Now, why did he move to this? Why did he move to people? Why did he say, I want you to pursue? This word pursue means to put to flight. To pursue something, to hunt it down. Amen. Many of us are trying to figure out, watch this, why I have no peace. Because of all the bridges that you've left burning behind you. Lord have mercy. Watch this. You say you're good, but they ain't good. Because you're the one, you were the one doing the damaging. Lord have mercy. See, if you give it if you give strife an inch, <laughs> it'll take a yard. Watch this. Bitterness begins in the heart, saints. You have to kill it before it takes root. How do you kill it? Pursue peace. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. It was them. They did it to you. I get it. I understand all that. But why has it affected you so much? And watch this. It has affected you so much, it has even changed even your character. Because you did not get what you wanted. So what he says is, listen. Rather than be bitter, be better. Settle those issues. Settle it. And I, when I say settle it, I've said settle the disputes. Because he says pursue peace with what? With all men. So what's the opposite of peace? <laughs> right? Okay. All right. Okay. Now, now, let me tell you why it's so important to settle your issues. Look at the rest of the verse. He says, and the sanctification without 
which no one can see God. I cannot imagine a day in my life without God hearing me. Without sensing his presence. Without feeling his love. I I don't know. Do you feel his? Does anybody feel his love? Does anybody feel his love? What what about his presence? What about, do you ever, do you ever, I'm talking about in your car. I'm talking about while you're washing dishes. I'm talking about at the house. I'm talking about wherever you go. I'm talking about, I cannot imagine a day since I was 25 years old. I have experienced God like I've never experienced God before because I was a bitter, upset person. But I thank God that I made peace with my past. I did. And I realized that the longer I stay bitter about what didn't work out, watch this, it was hindering my pursuit of God. Here's what he said. He said, if you don't pursue peace with with God, with people, with people, right? Watch this. You won't have a sanctified life. So the next thing I believe we must seek to do, we must seek To live a what? Not a bitter life. Okay, what is sanctification? Let's talk about it. Sanctification has two sides to it. Okay? Sanctification is where you grow as a believer. All right? I would call that separation. I call that, you know, you're separating your life from the world and folk you used to smoke with and stuff like that, you know, people like that, you know, you used to hang around. Um, and, and so you're setting yourself apart, right? So it's a process. You with me? But sanctification is also closeness. It's a process, but it's proximity. It's you getting closer to God. Now, the word sanctification means set apart. It also means holiness. So, I already know in this body, I'm not going to be a 100% positionally I'm holy. But I I know, shoot, I, I already know what's up. But the more I grow, so here, here, here's what he's saying. He's saying that if I don't pursue peace with people, I'm messing up my growth. And I think that's probably why some of us struggle so much with our Christian life. We're in, but we're out. It's because we got too much baggage, too much bitterness, too much stuff that we had with people. Listen, let them go. You say, but you don't understand what they did to me, but I know what Christ can do to you. 
And the more you grow in sanctification, watch this, the more you live a set-apart life. In other words, you have to set yourself apart. But watch this, the more you live, watch this, sanctification means prayer, worship, fellowship. Watch this now, evangelism. It is, it is Bible study. It is, it is you fasting. It is you understanding the devil trying to get me so I know what to do. I get on my knees and I pray. I'm not going to fall for his tricks. I'm not going to fall for, his, for, for, for all the things that he's trying to sell me. But listen, can, I, can you imagine that some of you could be further along, but you're stuck because you're bitter. But God wants you to be better. And in other words, what he really wants you to do is stop blaming the last church that hurt you. Uh Uh-oh. Because the very place he wants to hurt you at is the church. Why? Because this is the place where you're supposed to come and get what? Better. You with me? And so so what, what, what it is... If we choose to live recklessly and not a set-apart life, it means we have an issue with God's standard of living. God has set the stage of how to live. This ain't hard, you know. You know why living living as a Christian isn't hard? I hear people say this all the time. They say, oh, being a Christian is hard. No, it's not. It's hard if you don't obey the Holy Spirit. You and I have the power of the Holy Ghost that lives in us. Come on, somebody. You have grace. You have mercy. You have guardian angel. You have the word of God. Come on, somebody. You and I have all we need. But for some reason, we have a problem with the standard that God has set. And remember the context. He's talking to a person who is disciplined, but now is in the community. Watch this. Community life. And guess what they're doing? They're walking around causing trouble. In other words, they're spreading their poison. Yeah, that's what happens in church. I promise you, watch this. And and what they're doing is they're not... Why is it important for you and I to live a sanctified life? Look what the text says. Without which... No one would what? Look at my eye. <laughs> it's one of them looks, man, like, oh, so you're telling me the reason why we have not experienced God in the church, a bunch of fighting, cussing, and carrying on, and division, and all this other stuff, because we all a mess. And we're not living set apart lives. We're doing it halfway. And then watch this now. We can't even experience God. Well, let's take it to your house for a minute. 
Always arguing, always upset, always. Why? There's no sanctification going on. There's no proximity to God. And God said, I can't be around that mess. To see the Lord means to commune with him. Some of us don't even want to go home. We, we get this feel, you ever get that feeling in your stomach you don't want to go home? <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to help me. Some of you have been married to some people. Oh, Lord. You, you, you just, you, I'm talking about you just, you just don't want to go home. You want to drive past your house. Because you know when you walk in, it's going to be something. Watch this. On Sunday morning when you get ready to go to church, you know it's all hell breaks loose. Why? Why? Because the devil does not want you living a set-apart life. He does not want you to get stronger. He does not want you to get wiser. He wants you to get worldly wisdom, but he don't want you to get no spiritual wisdom. The longer you stay out, the less you will experience his presence. He says, without which no one. When was the last time you seen the Lord? And here's the thing. A lot of us think it's just in finances. Just because he did that for you. No, Lord, take me through some stuff so I can see it's you. Because here's the thing. The things that I can change, that ain't the Lord. But he says, he says, without Pursue peace. Listen, whatever you're going through, the, the, the greatest relationship the devil's going to try to destroy is your marriage. Straight up. He wants to destroy your marriage. You know why he wants to destroy your marriage? Because marriage glorifies him. So what does he do? He tears at it. He pulls at it. He sets up certain things. Watch this. In your marriage to keep the, the bitterness going. But if you were to rid yourself of that, if you were to rid yourself, you would start seeing God. Why do so many people leave the church? Because they can't live in two worlds. And so they become apostates. You know what that is? Why? Why do they become apostates? Because they're bitter with no peace. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine being around a person like that, bitter and no peace? And watch this. And, and on top of that, they can't commune with God. Let me pray for you. No, you don't need to pray for me. The writer now moves to community life. Let's go to verse 15. I promise you, I'm almost done. Y'all slow cooking them beans. Look what Look at verse 15. Now, 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 congregation, I, I want you to brace your, everybody got their seatbelt on? This, because we already took flight now, okay? Not like the man that just stole the plane. I got, I got a pilot's license. So buckle up, okay? Because this one's going to hit hard. This is turbulence right here. You ready? He says, see to it that what? When he says see to it, what does that mean though? That means it's something that what? That you got to. You keep blaming everybody 
for your bitterness. If they didn't do this to me, uh, I wouldn't be like this. Man, if I still held on to what happened to me as a kid, (laughs) if I held on to my last whatever, I'd still be back there. And some of us were still living in the past, but 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 here's what happens to us. We come to know the Lord, but look what he says. He says, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. So you ready for the next point? You ready? See that on? Let's go. Go ahead and say ouch. Lord, I didn't mean to do it. The Lord going to forgive you? It's wrong, but he going to forgive us. I wish I had a camera. Take a picture, y'all. You know what this word means? When it says, come short of the grace of God, write this down. It means to come late and be left out. Was it me? Can I say this to you? The simplest, the most simplest thing to receive from God is his grace. But you know you're on the other side of God. If you can't even receive You come late and you're left out. Oh, I need his grace. Listen, how many times I ran that light. I promise you his grace. And then I catch myself like, I ain't doing that no more. It's something, you going to be something inside of you be like, man, uh, okay, it's time to stop tripping. Now. Right? Right? Am I right? All right, they're going to shut down them fire sticks here in a minute. Y'all keep playing. That's grace. They're going to shut I know you're paying the subscription fee, but you ain't paying the cable company. You're paying the man who next to the man who next to the man who hooking it up. Oh, that didn't get y'all. But eventually, he's going to shut you down. See that? And look, you feel it in your heart. There's some things. You, I mean, I mean, come on. Do I have anybody here with the Holy Spirit in them? I mean, at least somebody here. I mean, seriously, like you know it's wrong. Come on, but you know it's great. God let you get away with it. He let you get away with it. He let you get away with it. Listen, some of you on grace, grace, grace fumes. You on grace fumes. You ain't tired for a whole year. You on some major grace. Huge. No, you ain't no major grace. You're on fume grace. You say, what's tithing got to do? It's part of the relationship. I told you that. Imagine this. Imagine how God feels like you keep putting your hand out to him, right? And he keep putting something in your hand, but you ain't putting nothing back in his hand. What would happen after a while? Stop abusing. Here's another mention uh, of what we call, ready for this? The Jews in this passage, they were intellectually 
convinced about God. They knew the gospel. They were enamored with Christ. They, They were so amazed by him. Watch this. But they stood on the edge of apostasy. They kept on falling short of his grace. Man, if we run out of grace, we in trouble. Lord, forgive me for abusing your grace. Are y'all with me? We wonder why is this happening to me? Well, if you keep living on the edge, uh, well, we use grace as an excuse to live the way we're living. We use grace to say, oh, I'll do it next week. But we use grace as an excuse not to live a sanctified life. How long are we going to say God understands? But you're not understanding with people. Lord have mercy. All right, all right, all right. Okay, all right, okay, all right. See to it that no one in the community life comes short of the grace of God that no what? Of what? Does what? And causes what? And by it, many are what? Wow. That's deep, ain't it? It go from just bitterness to now it's a root. You know what you know when it becomes a root, what it means, right? means it's there. It's who you are. It's what you become. And what, what the writer is saying here, that's not who we are. I do not want to short, see members falling short of the grace of God. I want you to get everything that God has for you. Everything. I pray for that. But here's the thing. If I'm praying for one thing and you are doing something else, then it ain't going to work. But he says something. He says that, listen, that no root of bitterness, what what does it do? It springs up and it causes trouble. And by it, many are defiled. So the next thing is this. Oh, Lord. We need some advocates here. (laughs) We, We need a few people here who could say, you know what? We need to stop the spreading of bitterness. And you know what he's talking about here? He's talking about the, the bitter root, watch this, of apostasy. It can spread and infect others by saying, watch this, we under grace. Oh, you see it? We good. If everything and everyone is infected by our bitterness, it is a clear sign that there's a root of bitterness in us. And so the writer moves to this community life and he says how bitterness can spread through the body of a church. But what about in your home? What about at your job? What about in your relationships? I'm just saying like you're saying they're the problem. Have you looked at your roots lately? He says what happens to this root? Let let me show you something. Let me move on. I I, got to move on. I said I wasn't going to do this. But verse 16. Now, let, let me show you something that's deep. That there be no what? 
Now that word, that, that word in the Greek is the word pornos. Pornos. Pornos is where we get our English word porno. Pornography. Yep, here we go. What is going on here? How do we go from bitter to porn? says let no uh, that no, be no what? Immoral or what? Godless person. And then he uses an example. Esau. Esau was the eldest son of Isaac. Esau one day did not value his blessing. I'm trying to help somebody here. Do you know how, how blessed you are? Okay. Esau did not value the things of God. So you know what he did? He sold his blessing for a bowl of soup. What are you selling your blessings for? And then complaining that you're not blessed. You have 133 things that happens to you at salvation. 133 blessings that come at salvation. And that's just that salvation. 7,365 promises from God's word that you can stand on as a believer of Jesus Christ. But here you are into porn. That was a joke. Nobody laughed. <laughs> I had to lighten y'all up. Y'all should see, I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating for y'all. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Esau traded his birthright to his younger brother. Watch this. For a mess. Yeah, soup. A me- they call it a mess of porridge in the Hebrew. <laughs> listen, listen. Esau was not only an immoral person, but the Bible declares him right here. Look at this. As what? As a godless person. He had no ethics or faith. He had no reverence for God. He had no regard for good. He he was not truthful. He was totally worldly and totally secular and totally profane. So what did he do? He took the blessing, the grace, and he sold it. Man, can you imagine trading what's inside of you? You're giving your gift to your job. They're getting more of you than God has ever gotten out of you. We got to pay you to do something for the Lord. But God has deposited in you great, valuable gifts for his glory can't get nothing back from you though because you sold out what's the point I forgot even the point 
Yeah. I didn't even want to say it. Read it. All they do is a plea. All they do is appeal. They, they, listen, it's purely sexual. Nah, that's all it is. Them people, excuse me, young people. But it's the truth. It's the truth. They don't make you better. They pump you up to make you feel good, but then after something, they're after your purity. Come on, somebody. They're after your sanctification. Remember, if you're pulled out of your sanctification, you could tell me you praying all you want, God love you and all that kind of stuff, but guess what? You ain't seeing God. That's what the scripture says. Is that what the scripture says? Come on, help me. Will y'all please? Good Lord, y'all, come on now. Don't make me stand up here by myself. <laughs> come on, y'all, say amen or something. <laughs> what did he do, y'all? He sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even, now watch this now. Oh, my goodness. For he what? For you know that even afterwards, when when he desire what? Hold on a minute. All right, hold on a minute. This is deep. I want to show you why it's deep. Let me show you something. You ready? Sometimes, oh man, I'm doing good on time. Sometimes we wake up and we decide, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to give back to God. And God said, uh-uh. Do you know how many million times I've asked you to come back? And you say you ain't coming. Now you want to decide to come back? No. You are in a dangerous place when God will never or not grant you repentance. It goes back to the abuse of what? Watch the text. Watch the text. The text says, for you know that even afterwards, after he sold his birthright, right? You know what happened to him? The boy is so crazy, right? He sold his birthright, and then when his brother got the blessing, he going to run up and tell him, but what about me, bro? You're late. And then when he realized what he did, he, he felt bad. And you, and you do that? After you did what you do, you feel bad. And then you want what? You want what you sold back? Say in a pawn shop, you can't do that with God. <laughs> he desired to inherit the what? The what? How, how, how is it that you had the blessing? You sold the blessing. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Do you not know that you waking up every morning is a blessing? Don't take that for granted. Stop abusing your body. Stop abusing your mind. And stop abusing the people around you. Watch this. And then blame God for why you end up the way you do. And then you want a blessing. He says, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was what? He was what? For he found no place for what? 
the what? With what? Crocodile tears. Oh, them the people that come up. Now, I want you to come up now. Hold on now. Let me not make, I, let me not mess with you, but I don't want you to take this personal. Okay? And they got, that man, them tears be thick. But when they turn around, they have no real intentions of turning around and being set apart and live a sanctified life. Listen, you're going to mess up, but here's the thing. You got to make a decision. How many times you have to cry to God? And he keeps saying, okay, I'll take you back. I'll take you back. It's going to come a day where he's going to say, uh-uh, sorry. Oh, we talk about God's grace. But, ooh, what, a, what an example, right? So if I were to say anything to you last day, I would say this. So you can avoid all of that. Just stay faithful. I mean, at least in a month. I mean, show up at least once. Even the baby said that. She agrees. Don't let your heart become so bitter that you blame God and others for why you're living the way you are. Are you with me? A man came to his son, and um, his son asked him, Dad, can you come to the gym with me? He told him, uh, I want to show you something. He's about 11 years old and barely five feet tall. He wanted to show him that he could dunk. He said, man, I had to see this. So he took him over to the gym. He bounced the ball, approached the goal, cupped the ball under his hand and in preparation, and he dunked. Now, he's 11 years old, not even barely five foot tall. He went up, and he dunked. It was an amazing sight until the father realized how he did it. Before he went over to the gym, he called and asked the maintenance man to lower the goal. To lower the, the standard had been lowered. He had the guy to raise the standard back up to correct the height. And he explained to his son that the goal should not be lowered so that he could meet it but that he should continue to work hard to, to rise to the standard. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Sometimes we lower the standard and we get all excited because we meet it and think we've done something. God is after us meeting the standard. He wants us to rise to the standard, not Bring the standard down. In other words, you got to level up. In other words, you got to stop lowering the bar and thinking that God is with that. He ain't with that. And so I encourage you today, saints, to move past 
Whatever it is, whatever it is. Listen, listen, I know, I know this Christian life can be tough. But if I live a sanctified life, the promise is I'll see God. And I will inherit a blessing. Amen? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise, y'all. Give me medicine. Don't give me junk. And just like it hits you, it hit me. Yep. Lord, am I trading off my blessings? Am I lowering my standard just because, uh, you know, I'm trying to appeal to a certain crowd or I'm trying to grow the church and all this other stuff? No, I'm not lowering my standards. I'm going to preach. But more importantly than preaching, I'm going to live. And sometimes the Lord know how I'm acting. Amen. I'm abusing his grace day by day, week by week, month by month. But I say this to you today, if you need prayer, all right, you don't have to come to me. Tell me nothing. You can come if you need prayer. Amen. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you today if you need prayer. Amen. If you need prayer, I want to pray for you. Sanctification. I want to see the Lord. Lord, I want to see you. I want to live a life 